right, everyone. Welcome to Talking Backstage, episode two. My name is James Vanderbosch. And I'm Claire Cooney. And uh, today we're talking about Hannah and Martin, a production by Shattered Globe. Shattered Globe is a resident company at Theater Wit. We love having them. They're good peeps. Uh, Hannah and Martin is based on the tumultuous love affair between German-Jewish political theorist Hannah Arendt and her mentor, the celebrated philosopher Martin Heidegger. This emotionally intense drama focuses on the crisis that erupts when Arendt discovers that Martin is furthering the goals of the Nazi party. A provocative exploration of how thoughts relate to passion, love, and politics. It's playing through May 25th at Theater Wit. That's definitely a really accurate representation of the plot. I mean, it's, it's presented in a really nice contemporary way. All the actors do a really amazing job. Um, it, is, it is kind of a battle of a play, though, because um, the entire time you just, you're so on board with Hannah being this intelligent young woman and you know, towards, towards, you know, as you, as you get through the play, she starts making these, like, semi-questionable decisions. and Because she's supporting this man who's basically a who's, Nazi sympathizer, yeah, right? Yeah, and... Um, yeah, so I mean, at times it's definitely a difficult, a difficult show. Um, yeah. But it's it's very interesting and very well done, um, and uh, I'm very excited. We're actually going to be speaking with Christina Gorman in a minute. She um, plays Hannah. She plays Hannah, um, which is, uh, you know, the one extremely challenging character of this story. Yeah. Um, it is all based on real history, so it's like we're very lucky to we're very lucky to have a chance to talk with her. Yeah, and you said that she basically acts as not only the lead character, but also the narrator, essentially? Yes, she, um, she does a really good job of kind of addressing the the audience in a very informational way. She is very uh, logical in her way of thinking, and very methodical, and very intelligent. And so she'll break scenes in and out of them, right. going from narrator to an interactive actor on stage right. um and it's it's a very very interesting show so uh yeah very excited to talk to christina here we go joining us now is christina gorman and a surprise guest we have larry grimm yeah. welcome Thanks for being here. Thanks for um, having me. How's the show? The show's going really well. Yeah. We're um, slightly past the halfway point, so I feel like we really kind of settled in and found our groove, and yeah, yeah, it's going really well. All the audiences, of course, are very different, and they respond to things very differently. What was tonight's like? Um, Engaged. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I, I'm sort of amazed after years of doing this how checked in people are i'm always at my yeah. my, uh, my range for, and tolerance for people checking out is massive and so people you know, like just snoozing snoozing <laughs> programs phones going off uh all the all the minor concerns of having a major life and for two hours in a, in a theater but they i feel like they're they're there which yeah, is yeah which is great. pretty great Awesome. I want to learn a little bit about you guys before we jump in. Larry, how long have you been in Chicago working? Where you're from? What brought you here? All that kind of oh. stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I was born and bred here. I've um, been here my whole life with the exception of two years uh, when I was in New York. I, I was challenging myself with <laughs> a pretty complacent, uh, satisfying, theatrical, artistic, educational life here, teaching and acting, and I knew I needed to have a fire lit under me and New York did that for two years. I was there during 9-11 and oh so that gosh. was a very, in fact, supposed to be across the street at a training and luckily wasn't that day from oh the my gosh. Twin Towers. Um, but that was an awesome thing and um, 
made me go into teaching full time. I went back and got my uh, master's in education in teaching and taught high school. Um, still do, but part time. Right. And um, but yeah, no, that's my deal. I'm, I'm a awesome. storefront maven. Aficionado, storefront aficionado. I was gonna say you've been to theater with before though, right? Uh, only with Shattered Globe. I've okay. auditioned for Theater Wit and y'all, but only. Yeah, we, we pretty much refuse to cast him. We're, 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 we're not a big fan. No. We're a huge fan. I saw the ban on Jeremy's face. <laughs> One day it'll happen. He does that smile. He's like, yeah, how's it going? Fuck Larry. <laughs> Christina, how about you? How long have you been here? What brought you here? Um, I, uh, there's a little bit of a New York thread because I am from originally about two hours north of New York City. Okay. Uh, Hudson Valley region, uh, upstate New York. It's such a small town that I just tell people I'm from 10 minutes outside of Woodstock, New York, and oh, people nice. hear Woodstock, and they have some idea they what think that it's cool. means. Yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I moved out here. I've been here about, like, 12 years now. Um, yeah, I'm an actor primarily, but I also uh, fight choreograph and teach in town as well. Awesome. Yeah. And how long have you been with Shutter Globe? I've been with Shutter Globe since, I believe... Don't quote me on this, although you are quoting me on this. Uh, around 2013 okay. when I joined the company. Because you, you're in the ensemble, right? Yeah. Larry, are you in the ensemble, or are you just a person they like to cast? Uh, yeah, no, I'm exactly. <laughs> the, the latter. All right. Yeah, I'm, the ensemble. You're, you're I'm with the uh, fan favorite of, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. with Red Orchid Theater. Yes, that's So that's... Awesome. Cool. Well, let's jump into the play. Um, what, what drew you guys to the play? What was your first reactions to the script? All that yeah. jazz. Um... Honestly, I, I know I've spoken to him about this in rehearsals, but um, what drew me to the script was the second act has this like epically long scene. Like I want to say it's at least twenty minutes long, um, where these two characters, Han and Martin, um, after years apart, have met up and are dealing with the choices that they made who really he's dealing with the consequences of the choices he made um yeah. martin heidegger signed the nazi party pledge yeah. um and allowed himself to be used to prop up that regime um so it's a 20 minute scene hannah arendt this brilliant um german jewish philosopher and, and martin kind of go at each other and it's it, like personal political philosophical kind of long argument unfolds mm -hmm. and when the first time I read it I was like I've never read a play with a scene like this mm -hmm. and it just really excited me and I was and and scared me right. uh, I was really just interested in, in diving in awesome. yeah um, I had seen the play a timeline when they did it 15 years ago and I was riveted it was uh, my friend Elizabeth Rich and David Parks were in it and oh, okay. um uh, it was an incredible production. Did they remounted it and won lots of Jeffs and stuff, and then even traveled, I think, to DC. Um, and so then when I saw it again, and that it was on Lou Conti's desk, and that he was interested, I was became also very interested because I had mm -hmm. such, you know, we see a lot of theater as theater practitioners and stuff, and but it was one that had really stuck out, right. and uh, so the chance to do it was very exciting. It sounds like a really light play. Yeah, it was very light. Yes. <laughs> There's very, you know, it was very little levity. So, like, there are moments that we try to find. Right. Um, Just to give a release in that tension. Totally. Yeah. 
It, it helps when I forget my line. It's very spontaneous. <laughs> it, just, it makes Christina laugh. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> the both of you play extremely complex characters. So why don't, why don't you just talk about a little bit of your struggles with uh, with each of your characters and, and maybe something that you found super easy as well. Great question. <laughs> you, he's looking at me. I guess that means he wants me to go, go first. Um, I mean, either way. Yeah, uh, I, I don't care. I'm it's called Hannah and Barbara. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go in, in order of the title of the play. Um, yes, she is fascinating. She, um, a real-life person, obviously, which is mm. kind of daunting, and she was an absolutely brilliant thinker. So it, it, I think just... Just that alone is kind of intimidating mm -hmm. to kind of take on. Um, I did a ton of research uh, about her um, before we even started rehearsals. I just wanted to be able to do it justice. She right. was such a kind of incendiary, amazing person. And obviously when playing a real character, people the first thing people ask is... Oh, are you trying to mimic them? But yeah. you guys are doing American. Correct. You're not trying to. We're not, rise, we're not so. doing German accents. Yeah. No, so, no. but you wanted to capture her spirit and yes. her force and her, be truthful her, to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Her her quick wit, her intelligence, her empathy, her passion, uh, and her brilliance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was no small feat. I I worked really hard, and I <laughs> hope that I'm doing her justice. Um, things that came easy. Uh, hmm. I don't think anything really came... I mean, truly, <laughs> there's some I mean, shows that you're very... like, oh, this is super fun and easy, I got this. Right. Um, there wasn't... No, I, I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, this is super, right. this is super easy. I mean, and, and, I, mean I, I was telling Claire before, like, she's a very logical, analytical yes. person. Like, she just... She, she thinks every single thing through. Yes. Uh, or at least that's my understanding Absolutely. of the character. So, I mean, I can't... I can't. I mean, I can't imagine just constantly yeah. having to think about something yes. that could be easy ever. You know? No, totally. <laughs> when you're playing someone who's that brilliant, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your it mind makes is you have to be that brilliant. Stupid people are easy yes. to play. They're fun to yeah. play, but they're really easy. <laughs> <laughs> the intelligent. I, um, playing really dumb is harder than that. You is, think. It's hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> truthfully, truthfully, you have to do it truthfully. Because you can't yeah. just be like. Because it's easy right. to do a stereotype exactly. of a dumb yeah. person. I've been a really bad job playing a dumb person before. Oh no. Like, it, I think you really have to. I think it's actually a talent. But yeah, playing medium intelligence, I got that in the back. You're like, got this. Either end of the spectrum is yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Larry, what are you, you? Um, Well, I would just say part of the role of playing Martin and what the actor, I think any actor has to do who's playing Martin is to recognize that at the end of this play, Hannah is in a state of essentially ambiguity in terms of whether she uh, forgives him. Um, and uh, there were many times in rehearsal where Christina would be like, if, if, if Martin does that in that way, I would, I will have a very difficult time at the right. end of the play. Yeah. Having the and the two people who came tonight said, so they were asking me why. Spoiler Hannah, alert! Spoiler alert! Oh yeah! All right. No, it's fine. People might see this. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but my whole Crazy. thing is it's history. It's out there. Put, you know, they put a timeline in the program. Mm. Right. I'm like, I mean, it's more about, it's more about yes, how we yeah. get right, to right, right. 
the places anyway, we get continue, to. Sorry, yes, continue to, to spoil the play, Larry. Just that I, I'll, I'll I'll reel it back a little bit no, no, and no, say that it's just the idea of you know what what our director was very what Lou Conti was very focused on was the idea of forgiveness and yeah. mercy mm-hmm. and recognizing that you know when you when you start to talk about evil and when you start to talk about um, things that are black and white, mm-hmm. she gets the metaphor wrong. She she gets the idiom wrong. She says gray and white, and that's important because that's how she's thinking of Martin. Mm-hmm. And so my job was to recognize in myself as a uh, reformed Jew that um, that he really believed in the principles and the initial concepts that were behind National Socialism and a cultural reshaping of the nation, as he says, and does not recognize that that includes uh, extermination of the Jews. And and I I would hate to make a parallel to people who want to make America great again and uh, are not aware of the the importance of immigrants in our country and recognizing multiculturalism. no, I mean, I think that's, that's the whole thing, is that people that are single-issue voters, people that claim to still be fiscal Republicans, people that still claim that that's why they're Republican, and they turn their back on uh, all these different things of, you know, the abortion ban, and immigration, and Black Lives Matter, and all these different things, it's not dissimilar from saying, I want to see this side of this issue, and I'm going to ignore this other thing and the people I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. It's not dissimilar at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I doesn't sound like a far cry to me, you know. Yeah. To be someone who's saying, "I support this for this reason." Oh, I, I don't. I don't agree with that reason at all. But I have to support it for this reason. You well, know? And, and recognizing that when you're confronted, when you confront somebody with that, right. as uh, Hannah does in the play, what it would take to admit uh, the, tr- the, the the fallacy of your position. We've often talked about like what would it be like for Martin to admit guilt, and I don't think he could survive and live. Right. How do you live with yourself? Literally mean, I don't think that he would uh, be able to live. So what you're left with is defending your honor and your choices, which is amazing to me, the extremes with which people will do to not admit guilt. Right. Again, totally irrelevant to our current society. Yeah, <laughs> totally irrelevant. Oh, God. That kind of leans into actually... It does, thing. yeah. My most difficult part, the thing I grapple with most in this show, almost is the mercy of it. Like, yeah. I don't know that I, in that position, yeah. I would not do that. It's interesting that you say that. The major, I don't know, It's. I find this really fascinating. I don't meet a ton of people after the show who say what you say, and I'm sh- and I'm surprised because mm. I thought there would be more people. I mean, it is that I mean, were like, "Hey, how could she make this decision?" Yeah, I mean, you see this young, intelligent, very articulate woman kind of bend at the will of Martin. I mean, for lack of better words, I mean, and and, and not that, not that, not that. Not that Martin isn't a very uh, intelligent character as well, because he definitely is. I mean, he's one of he's a very famous a very, philosopher. Yeah, exactly. Like he's yeah. not he's not someone to be brushed off by any means. But he, I mean, for you to or for your character rather right. to to really stick their neck out like that is yeah. like very. It, it almost it, seems it, out of character. That was one of the hardest things I, I kind of dealt with in the course of the rehearsals the processes I just could not wrap my mind around how she could make well, this decision and, the, and there's there's that and then there's a secondary issue which I don't think is intentional from the playwright that is about uh, 
being in 2019, which is that it's post yes. Me Too. Yeah, yeah uh, the, 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 the play was written pre Me Too. Yeah. Right. You know, teacher. There's 17 years age difference. Yep. He there's a power dynamic. Married, yeah, you yeah. know, it's um, yeah, um, and we struggled a lot with like how do, how can we put the love there and and also recognize that there are some kind of reprehensible actions. That's the thing. I think sometimes when we're when we're like watching historical things, it's really hard to place ourselves there because right. things were so different and a lot of people aren't like we're in a very liberal bastion, yeah. you know. <laughs> a lot of people are st- still think about that themselves in a certain way and uh, think of women in a certain way and the gender dynamics yeah, and mm-hmm. and so um I could imagine for you being a woman in 2019, it might at least initially felt like a hard hurdle to have to love this person that in some ways was like supporting yeah. supporting your, your demise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing that I was really keen on, on making sure that we brought to the table is that, yes, is it something that we would want in 2019, a 35-year-old professor hooking up with his 18-year-old student? Of course not. Like, of course not. Um, However, it did happen. This did historically happen. And, uh, you know, Larry had gotten his hands on a copy of a a book that had published all of the original letters that Martin Heidegger and Hannah Arendt had written to each other. And there were a lot of Martin letters because she had probably saved more of the letters than he right. had saved of hers. Oh, bless. Speaks to that. Yes. Um, but, you know, when you read these letters, there was a lot of love. A lot of love. Strong connection. And I yeah. wanted to make sure that that was there. You know, you know, it's not easy, but I wanted a nuanced, gray, true depiction of the love between these two people because otherwise the decision she makes in act two seems even more incomprehensible and i don't think it's just well they were lovers so she's she's Mm -hmm. gonna go to bat for him Mm -hmm. and that's what i love about act two it's not just the personal it's the political there's there is the history there is the fact that this is this brilliant man who had shaped uh, like her her youth in regards to how she started thinking about the world and how she became a philosopher there's just a lot of things so connected. that are pulling at her yeah. and it's not an easy decision that you know she makes screw but... you dude yeah right <laughs> I know and I would say I would say that you both of you do a wonderful job in act one of of, of really presenting yourselves as people who uh, or as characters who do love each other yeah. really. I don't think like I watching the show I never felt like you were being manipulated great um which I assume is what you're going for. No, but that's like, great. It's huge. It, it, was, it is. It was definitely you know, because there are moments where he he does a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when anti-Semitism whips up under the Nazi, Nazi regime, and he writes this letter. I write him like, "Hey, how? What? The, what? What's going on? At this point, we're separated." I asked he her writes, to to write me letters, but not to send them. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, he does do some pretty, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I'm wow. glad that you, wow. you know, saw that in Act One because we didn't want it just to be a one-dimensional. He's a predator. He's preying on her. That's you know what thing. I mean? It's more complex and fraught than that. Always. It's, it's weird. There are situations that could unfold to ultimately be really predatory and really bad. But 
if they work and they stay together for a long time and it's consensual, then all of a sudden everyone gets used to it and it's actually a charming love story. Yeah. And how at the beginning it can be really hard to tell which one it's going to be, right? Ugh, so, yeah. like, that that's the problem is that, like, the predators are telling themselves, oh, it's going to be the consensual forever love story. And, and, and people will all accept the age gap or the power gap or whatever. It's really complicated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so complicated. And that's why... That's why these kinds of things, these kinds of Me Too things and these power dynamics and predators and like people like things that went on a profiles theater, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of these things take so long to get sorted out because because it is so gray. Yeah. And hopefully we're moving towards a world where it's just less acceptable and those kinds of age gaps and power dynamic, those, those power gaps are an outlier. Right. But right. it sounds like you guys did a great depiction of... No, I'm. It's it's interesting that we're talking about this, like, because yeah. again, it's surprising me th- the reactions that I thought the audience would have, right. were ended up not being, yeah. you know, and they, and that's a credit to Larry's very very rich three dimensional portrayal of the, of right. Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was a creep, they'd all be like, yes, yes, oh, yes yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Me Too has come up once in a talkback once. Wow. Yeah, by a, by a woman, and um, other than that, I, people don't seem to okay. th- think about these issues as much as I thought they yeah, might. Yeah, the first thing I thought. Yes. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Another thing I found kind of interesting about this show specifically was that it was definitely yeah. an older audience. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you do you think if this did get the attention of a younger audience that those uh, issues would, would come up would, yeah, more? I was gonna say, would this be a Probably. conversation you would be having regularly? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a cause for celebration. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, you know, one of the things that occurred after Me Too is that there were a lot of older women that didn't see any problems with some of the behavior of Me Too. Because oh, if time. they had, because yeah. if they did, they would have to realize that in themselves with their own stuff. what has happened to them right. that they don't see as assault or harassment. Right. And I don't want to paint every older person with the same brush, not at all, but I do think probably, yes, that if we had a a younger audience, I think maybe that issue would come more to the foray. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when we did our first read, uh, Jasma, who is a protege, and in the cast, I mean, there was just vocal, like whenever Martin made a move that was... Potentially, it was like, ah. Well, I mean, vocally. <laughs> she was great. The best reactions wrong. ever. <laughs> made it so hard. It was oh so God. great. I love it. It was so great. Uh, with that, I think we'll close out. It's playing at Theater Wit through May 25th. Um, come check it out. Shattered Globes, Hannah and Martin. Thank you so much for being Thank here, you. guys. Thank you. All right, we want to thank Larry Grimm and Christina Gorman again for uh, for stopping in with us and giving us the opportunity to really get to know uh, their characters. Hannah and Martin, yeah. yeah. Like we said, Hannah and Martin will be playing through May 25th. If you want to see Hannah and Martin or any of our other shows playing at Theater Wit, you can buy tickets at... Theaterwit.org. Or you can give us a call at our box office. The number is 773-975-8150. Uh, if you have any questions about the podcast or you're looking to get involved, any feedback, we love it. Give us an email. The email address is talkingbackstage at theaterwit.org. Um, and thanks again for listening. Yeah, please share and please come see shows and see more theater. And thanks for tuning in. Bye.